You caught me drinking my Dr. Pepper. So I think I'm live. My Dr. Pepper cream soda. That's how exciting my life is, that I'm happy that I have that cream soda. So that's not what you're here for. You're here for Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. And today, we're going to keep going with the series about the future of work. So today, what I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about remote work. Now, most of, uh, you know, I, I know most people are kind of going through this right now, where you're trying to figure out, are you going to be a hybrid, maybe two, three days a week? Are you going to be remote, meaning completely remote? Um, some companies are kind of forcing people to go back. You know, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, basically saying, hey, we want people to be in the office. You have others like Microsoft, uh, Google, Apple, where, hey, we'll do, we'll do a hybrid, you know, two or three days in. Some companies are outliers and saying, hey, you could work from remote as long as you like. Spotify, Twitter, Zillow. So it runs the gamut. Now, what I want to kind of go over is two things. Uh, one is going to be a little bit unpopular opinion. The other is pretty popular. The popular one is remote work. I think most of us could say, hey, I prefer remote work. And I think this has been discussed so much lately that we get it. Working a year and a half or however long it's been, it's been successful. Companies have done phenomenally well. The stock market is just hitting new highs every day. The real estate market is booming. The economy is booming. Companies and businesses ranging from small mom and pop shops to big chains like McDonald's, you can't, they can't get enough workers. So it shows that over the last year and a half, remote work worked and was very successful. And I think for a lot of people, they were able to live their lives. They didn't have that long commute. They were able to reconnect with their loved ones, with their spouse, their partner, you know, get to know their kids better, take care of sick relatives. So the remote work was like a godsend for many people. It was fantastic. Now, not everybody, because it's not easy. You know, working remotely for myself, sometimes it's infuriating when the computer doesn't work, the internet doesn't work. I got the dogs are barking in the background. The cat jumps on my laptop. I got I got to clean up the litter that reeks. So <laughs> the lawnmower guys are outside. It's so noisy. So, but nothing's going to be perfect. What what I want to go over though is this: for remote work, I would suggest for certain people, it makes sense. And I know, I know, I know you think that's crazy. I know you're like, no, we want to just be at home. You know, I don't want to go to the office. I don't want to commute in. Now, trust me, I get that. I commuted to Manhattan, gosh, for like 20 years. Um, I lived in Manhattan for a long time. I grew up in Brooklyn. I, you know, I commuted from there and it's terrible. I get it. It's awful. In fact, about, I would say, I'm losing track of time, about five years ago, I you know, I live in this town called Westfield. It's about 30 minutes from Manhattan. But if you, 30 minutes without traffic, but there's never traffic. So with traffic, it could take an hour, an hour and a half each way. So like a three hour commute. And 
I'm driving around with my kids and I saw like the only office building in my town. And I literally figured, not figuratively, but literally saw our sign. Like, ah, they said it was like an office for rent in this nice, cool building. And I started thinking, now this wasn't remote. This is an office in town. I could walk to it basically, but I'm lazy. I drive my car there. And I was saying, hey, this is, this is perfect. You know, I don't have to do the commute. I don't have to schlep back and forth. I could take my kids to school, pick them up from school, see their games, see their ballet, see their whatever that whatever goes on. And it was probably one of the best decisions I made. Now, to be fair, I think my business definitely suffered from it because not being in the city, not and this is we're talking about pre-COVID, you know, not interacting with people, not having people constantly coming up, you know, to the office to meet with them and get to know them, not going out for drinks, for dinner, all that schmoozing kind of stuff. But it's worth the trade-off because if I didn't do that, my kids would always think of me as that guy who comes home cranky and tired, you know, eats dinner, plops on the couch, watches some, you know, football, baseball, basketball, and that's it. But instead, we really fostered such a better relationship. Now, this is going, like I said, I could walk to work. So it's kind of quasi, not remote, but as close to as you can get. So I would suggest this, I get where you want to, you, know, you want to have that, you want to have that life work balance, but here's what you have to keep in mind. If you, let's say for young people in particular, let's say for, for, for my kids, I would suggest this. If you're starting out your career, it probably behooves you to go into the office. Now, you don't maybe have to do five days a week, but I would say at least three, maybe even four, maybe sometimes five, if they let you, depends on what the company does, if they allow you to, to kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be like a one set, like you agree three days and it's only three days. And a lot of this is all new. So we don't know how it's going to turn out. But let's say for the sake of this conversation, that you have the ability to start out maybe three days, but then if you want to do four, you could do four. If you want to scale back to two, you could do that. So let's say that's an option. I would suggest for a lot of people, it makes sense to be in the office as much as possible. Now, you might say, hey, I don't want to do the commute. Jack, you hypocrite. You just said how great it was for not doing that commute. And now you're saying to commute? Well, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit hypocritical, a little bit. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. It's not for everybody. You know, it's, I'm not making a blanket statement. This is, you know, everybody has to choose their own course and what's best for them. And you got excuse one second. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I have the summer cold or it's because I don't know if you guys go through this, you know, you have the air conditioner on blazing because it's so hot and humid out and then you go outside, it's really hot and you come back in, it's freezing. So I'm not sure if I have a cold or um, I, I certainly hope it's not COVID again, because that would be horrible, but don't worry. You're not going to catch it through, you know, the computer. I don't think you can catch it through, through this. And if it can, that's really weird and spooky and black mirror like, but anyway, so what I would, what I would suggest, let's say you're young, you know, you're, you're, you're a year into your career, two years, three years, four years, five years, you want to go in because if you're a young person, if you've been home for a year and a half, you've probably lost a lot of your social connections, even for like, you know, middle-aged people like Gen X's like myself or baby boomers, 
if if you've been home all the time and you haven't been going out there and doing stuff, you've kind of lost a little bit of that social network. And sometimes when you lose it, it's hard to get it back. It's awkward. You know, you haven't spoken to someone in a long time. You haven't gone out with them for a long time to, to, to text them and say, hey, let's go out for dinner. Let's do this. So particularly for young people, this is a time now where you want to build up your network. You want to grow your network. You want to have these people who maybe could last you your whole career. And if you're at home, could you? you do that? Yeah, maybe. But I think if you're giving that as an example. So if you're young, early in your career, you want to be able to get in the office, you want to kind of start meeting people. Because the workplace is not just for work. It's, it's you, you want to make new friends, you want to form alliances, you want to network, maybe meet somebody, you go you could date, and maybe that leads to something else. After work, you go out with your group of work friends and another group of work friends, you meet other people. So that's really critical from a social aspect. Yes, it's work, but also there's a big social element and companies get it. Like for instance, Google, they're doing with their campuses, they're making it amazing. They're making it so cool. Um, out in Silicon Valley, they have these big teepees with big screen TVs, you know, they have rock climbing walls because they realize if they want to get the best and brightest talent, they have to make it really fun and interesting to come into the office. Because they know it's not just about the work. The work is important. The pay obviously is important. But it's that community that binds people. I find out through recruiting over the years, if, if I try to recruit somebody and they have this core group of friends who they work with, it's very hard to pull them out because they'll feel disloyal, not interesting, not disloyal to the company. They feel disloyal to their friend group. So they feel, I don't want to leave them. They're depending on me. Or, or I just, I feel comfortable coming into work because when I see them, it, it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to say a hangout, but it's with people I know, I like, I trust, I feel comfortable with. So you want to develop that. And by doing it home, can you do that through videos? Yeah, I'm, oh, I think we all have over the last year doing Zoom calls, we've made acquaintances and made connections and you could say made virtual friends online and that's fine. But I think having that interperson, interpersonal reactions is really super key. Now, there's another aspect of it. There's another aspect of it. You, here's, it's a strategic, it's a strategic thing. If you, the way I view it is this, the vast majority of people are going to be wanting to work remotely. So you're going to get a certain percentage that's solely going to be remote. Then when you have two to three days a week at any one given day, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of people in the office. Then if for your specific group and division, I don't know, maybe you might have 10 people, maybe let's say 20. So if you're 20 people, Think about that after a year and a half or whatever it is of being alone, being at home, being isolated, and you have 20 people or 10 people together, 
you're going to have this really cool esprit de corps. You're going to have this camaraderie. You're going to have this, wow, this is a once in a generational thing we're going through. This is amazing. You know, we've all been home. Now we're in and hey, 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 Mark, how are you doing? How's it? What have you been up to? Hey, Ken, what have you been doing? Hey, Susan, hey, it's going to be this really awesome feel of, of, of what is everyone up to? What are they doing? What's happening? And, and, and kind of this bonding, like we're here together. This is great. We made it through, you know, we made it through the pandemic, you know, and, and we're here and this is, this is cool. And this is interesting. So I could see you, that you would have this kind of thing, this bond that you could probably remember for the rest of your life. I remember getting in and it was me and you can remember the people you were with you have breakfast together, lunch together, because now it's a small group. It's a tight-knit group. You know, go out for dinner together, see each other on weekends. So you really, I could see formulating this kind of, you know, under these unique, weird, crazy circumstances, you come together. And that can be amazing. And that could be amazing from a social aspect, but from a work networking, building out, because for, for a career, you want to have a network. You want to have a group of people you can go to. When you're looking for a job, they could help you out. They could point you in the right direction because eventually people move on and that's great. So now you know people at your office, you know people at this company, at that company, another company, so that if you ever want to move, you can do it. If you ever just need to kind of get ideas from someone else, what they do at a competitor. So that's really important. I would imagine too, is that you're going to have a better chance. Think about that. Think about this. If you're at home on a Zoom call, how much connection are you going to have to senior level management? How, how many mentors can you have? Whereas if you're in the office, there's a better likelihood, let's say in whatever group you're in, whatever division you're in, maybe there's only six people in the office plus Let's say the, the, the baby boomer managers are so used to being in the office, they're coming back. So you're going to have those managers there, those executives there. So you have that rare opportunity to get in front of them on a regular basis. Now, don't think I'm saying this, oh, you want to you know, kiss, you know, <laughs> kiss butt and do that. No, you want to get in front of them so they can mentor you, so you can learn, so you can develop faster than you would ordinarily. Because if you're there, proximity is key. You know, they'll see you every day. They'll see your work, see what you're doing. They get to know you. You talk, maybe you have in common basketball. You talk about basketball. Maybe you have whatever else in common and you develop real a real rapport because these senior people are human too. You know, they don't want to come in and just sit by themselves. So I'm sure they're happy that they have people to talk to. They, they would like to have a protege. So it's kind of, you're going to have this rare, probably once in a lifetime thing where you can get in front of these senior people and get known. And then if they know you, when it comes time to, for promotions, for raises, for bonuses, for key assignments, handing out new clients, where are they going to go? Are they going to go to the person who they see quite regularly and who they got to know and feel comfortable with? Or are they going to go to someone who's kind of a stranger on a Zoom call? And when I say this, please understand, I'm not denigrating the people on the, on the Zoom calls at all. 
my, my thing is I just want to point out alternatives to people because I think the case has been made for remote work and why it's so awesome and why it's so great. So we get that. It's the other aspect that you don't hear too much because it's not as politically uh, popular, you know, because it, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like you're being forced to go in. It feels that you have to do that. It feels uncomfortable. And that's what I want to kind of bring out. I, and I agree with all that, but at the same time, you, I could see the benefits for certain people to do it. Not everyone, but certain people. So if you get in front of these managers and they get to know you and they give you really cool assignments, your career is going to go really hard. Your tra trajectory is going to shoot up because you have the insight from senior level people. You're, you're, you have your mentor. They're going to you because the people who are not in the office it's much easier to say to somebody you see in the hall, you know, hey, Jane, come here. Can we talk about this matter? As opposed to saying, okay, I got to go back to my office, get on my computer. I got to, I got to, you know, do a Zoom call with whomever. And I got to make, maybe that person's there. Maybe they're not there. Maybe they're busy. It's so much more cumbersome, but it flows much easier when you, when you're, when you're in the hallway and you had the serendipitous meetings with people, you bump into people, you kind of meet people from other departments. You may find out, you know, you strike up relationships with people in other units, and then you realize, I want to work in that place. That area is so much better than my job. And once again, with less people, you can get noticed. You know, you could say to someone over there, hey, <coughs> can I take you out for a cup of coffee? I really want to learn more about what you do. How can I kind of move into that space? That works better when you don't have a lot of people around and people, people like, like they're tribal, they want to get together. So I think most people will be open to do it. I don't think people are going to schlep into the office and then just isolate themselves. I think they're going to want to gravitate. So you can maybe find a way to pivot to another division that you really want to do. So number one, you know, you build up a social network. Number two, you build up just a, a, a network for work and your future and getting jobs and having people to turn to. Number three, you get in front of management who could be a mentor and who could help the progression of your career. So all of a sudden, you're seeing all these good things that you wouldn't have if you just, you know, if, if you just stayed home. See, another thing you got to worry about if you stay home, it could be kind of like a two-class system. And what I mean by this is, it's very easy to have out of sight, out of mind. You know, if, if, if you're only on these remote calls, maybe, maybe you have remote calls a couple days a week, it's easy to kind of get forgotten about. And I'm not saying that's fair. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just as, I like to think of things, what, what's, what usually happens? What are people like? How do people act? And people like to act and do things that are easy. If there's someone in front of you and someone you know, it's easier to do to, to collaborate with them. If somebody is remote and you don't see them and you're not really sure who they are and you're not sure exactly what they do and you're not sure if you're compatible with them, that's probably not going to be the first person you're going to go to to work on a really important project. You're going to work, you know, go to the person who you've seen two, three, four, five days a week. So you could, I could easily see the emergence 
of almost two different classes. One is the in-office that have this small group that's bonding, that's forging relationships, forging alliances, working well with manager management. But then you have the others who are kind of doing their thing. And interesting, they could even be better. They could be smarter, better, more productive than the people in the office. But because management doesn't see them, they don't know what they're doing. They're not sure what they're doing, but they do know the people who are there. There was a recent survey um, where they talked about people working remotely. And it's interesting. Uh, uh, well, a couple of surveys. Several definitely say, I think everybody here could agree, that people have worked more hours, worked nights, worked weekends, were way more productive during the pandemic. And you weren't even receiving more money from it. Maybe partly it was because you wanted to save your job as 80 million people in, in America filed for unemployment. Maybe it's because you had very little else to do because you weren't going out to eat as much. There's no concerts, sporting events and things of that nature. So you might as well work. I mean, I fell in that camp. There's not much to do. So I kind of worked a lot. Not because I'm a workaholic. I kind of am, but there's not many other op opportunities. So people worked harder at home. There's no doubt about it. The productivity level was great, no doubt about that. Just look at the share prices of Amazon, <coughs> of Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, all these companies. They did phenomenally well. So it works. But what the study was showing is that people who were remote didn't get as many promotions, didn't get as many raises, didn't get as many raises, didn't get as much bonuses, didn't get as much salary increases. So it's kind of telling, and I, I, I put it to your submission to think about, is that a lot of it is because as much as we like to think this doesn't happen, proximity, closeness really matters. If you're close, working with other people, working with managers, they're going to, assuming you're a nice, normal person, not a jerk, assuming you're a nice, normal person, not a jerk, they're going to get to know you, you're going to get to know them. And when that happens, it opens up so many other doors. So I don't mean to be the pitch person for going back to work. Trust me, not at all. Because if you ask me, I can't, I can't even fathom to go back and commute five days of work to Manhattan after being home for so long. I can't see getting on a train in the cold, in the snow, in the ice, in the rain, the train breaks down, getting off. If, if, if you do these kind of commutes, you know what I'm talking about. Invariably happens, breaks down, you gotta go another train, wait for that train. It's just, it's just, it's terrible. But then again, I'm an old guy. It's a little different. I'm a little set up. I'm in a different part of my life. You know, I'm in the part of my life where, you know, thank God, very successful, did very well. I enjoy what I do. So. It's a little different. And this is what I meant by the beginning of the conversation. Everyone is different. I'm not going to cast a wide net and say everybody has to be, you know, this applies to everybody. You know, each one has to think for themselves. Where can I, what can I do the best? Yes, you want to have that life work balance, but you also want to figure out from my career, what is the best option? Even, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you do have to do that extra commute, even if that commute sucks, you may have to, you, you may want to weigh it and say, is it worth it? And here's the thing too, 
I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm a little sus. I have a feeling that a lot of these companies that say, hey, three days in the office, two days home, two days in the office, three days home. I got a sneaky feeling a lot of companies after a while are going to say, hey, this is too much work to figure out who is where, who's in the office, what days, who's working remotely. People are going to complain when they come in two or three days a week and the folks they're supposed to collaborate with aren't there. And they're like, why did you make me come in? And I'm going to do a Zoom call with someone who's at home because they're not here. I could have stayed at home. So I could see it being problematic and companies saying, you know what? This is ridiculous. Let's just get everybody back. Or there could be an off chance. They say, everybody just work remote, like one way or the other. Uh, this, co this tech company called GitHub, the uh, CEO basically was saying that the hybrid is the worst, uh, the worst of both worlds because of this, meaning that it gets clunky, it's hard to manage, and it's almost like you have to choose one, which one are you gonna do? And the reason I bring that up is this, it could end up being that if they pull the rug out from under you, and after a while they're gonna say, sorry, it's not two, three days in the office, I want everybody back. Well, you had, and that won't happen right away. You know, that's gonna take a while because it's gonna take a while to get the whole hybrid set up, every, you know, that's gonna, you know, people, a lot of people coming back, it seems like September, which makes sense, that back to school mentality. So a lot of people are going to come back September, try it out. By the holidays, we'll have an idea how it works. And no company's going to do anything in the holidays because that's just cruel, you know, to make major changes. So then you're talking about February, March. So by then, it might change. But if you're the one who's in the office for those months, that's all you need. That's the advantage you need to get noticed, to build your network, to meet all these new people, to form uh, alliances, to kind of get mentored, to kind of see maybe there are other places within the company I can kind of move into to enhance my career. So you have that luxury of being that insider for about six months or so. And then if it turns out everyone goes back, you're going to be in a way better space than everyone else. Now, could this happen? I don't know. We, no one knows. Right now, the only thing we can do is kind of figure out <clears throat> how this is playing out and then decide what's best for us. And what I mean is best, not so much what's the easiest thing to do and the most funnest thing to do. Is funnest a word? So, yeah, the most fun, whatever, we want to find out what's the way that works best for your career, for your future, for your life, and weigh it. Now, I get not everyone has the privilege that they could do this. If you have young kids, it's going to be hard. If you have kids who are going to school, it's going to be hard. If you have a sick relative, it's going to be hard. If you, you know, if you have, you know, dual working, you know, parents, and they're trying to juggle everything, that might be hard. It's easy to do. So I get it. That's why I'm saying this is not for everyone. This is just for people who might. And, and that's why I'm, I think a lot of it was for young people starting out their career who, who, who don't you know, have kids, who don't have childcare issues, who have more freedom. And they're starting out their career and they need to make a name for themselves and need to build, which makes sense. But for others too, to figure out, hey, is it worth doing the commute, schlepping in, being in an office, but 
the upside could be that much greater because of the contacts you make, the impressions you make, the way you can kind of really get attention. And it might be worth it to do it, even if not five days a week, to do it three, four days a week. So give it some thought. Again, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not an advocate for this. Um, if you read my work, before, you see, I've been champion for a four-day work week, champion for flexible work schedules where companies could work around a person's needs and help design it. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate for maybe a five-hour workday. There's no reason to do it eight hours. We all know, come on, just between us, we all know. A little after lunch, you know, I, I, we're, we're kind of going downhill. It's, it's not really, we're not being that productive. When you hit four o'clock, most people, we, we're already burnt out already. So to have maybe a five-hour work week, I think, it, you know, that there's a lot of ways company can, com, companies can make it better for people. Not just a hybrid, but other ways too. And hopefully we see those. But for now, I'm looking at what, you know, playing the hand we're dealt and how to play it the best way. So give it some thought. I don't expect anybody to get off this call and go, yeah, I can't wait to rush back in the office. Come on. No, I, I know no one's going to do that. But what I'm trying to do with these LinkedIn lives is to bring you ideas to kind of try to look ahead about how the future of work is going and what, what are th some of the things that you can do to enhance your career, to enhance your job, to enhance your life and to make it better. And, and part of it is bringing out information, whether you agree or disagree, that's okay. But I think by putting out ideas, it gets you thinking about it. It gets you thinking about maybe, maybe you do speak to your boss about a four day work week. Maybe you speak about about a five hour work day. Maybe you talk about flexible work hours. I think we're in this zone now. We're in this post pandemic ish period where things could happen. If you look back, look how wild things are. Remote work became a reality where two years ago, people would have mocked and said, no, it's not going to happen. Right at the, at the beginning stage of the pandemic, if I said to you the stock market is, is going to hit all-time highs and companies like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft are just, just doing gangbuster business, you'd be, how, how is that possible during pandemic? But for some reason, I think we're heading in a world where things have changed. We have... Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, all going to the Mars and space. So if this is happening, you, you know, for everyone watching now and who will watch on the replay, don't think of what was, think of the potential, think of what can be and how you can make yourself and position yourself that you could really take advantage of this whole new era that's being ushered in that I think is gonna be really exciting. I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, I'll leave you with this. Think about it too. You know, a lot of people, you know, it's very fashionable to be down on the U.S. And we're not perfect. No, no place is. But if you want food, you don't even have to go to the supermarket. Instacart will bring it right to your house. You don't want to drive, you get an Uber. You want dinner, Grubhub, DoorDash, you name it. As I mentioned before, we have billionaires flying to the, flying into space and, and trying to colonize Mars. 
I mean, this is a world that's changing and it's dynamic and there are un unlimited opportunities. And part what I'm gonna do is, is, is try to bring these things out to see how you can take advantage of it, how you can improve your life and move forward, enjoy it and be the best you can be. So thank you for watching. Feel free, if there are any topics you want me to cover, let me know. You can hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, if you have any comments, feel free to do, you know, put the comments on. Uh, I know a lot of LinkedIn's is back and forth you know, with the people. I find it easier to just, you know, talk because then I get easily distracted otherwise. I guess I'm too ADHD, so it's easier just to have the conversation. Then I could kind of answer your questions later. You could also hit me up privately if you want to ask, you know, questions, but you don't want it out to the world. So this is Jack Kelly talking about the future of work. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, I hope you learned some things. I hope you appreciate it. And I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.